welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Uh, turn with me to Luke chapter 8. <laughs> and we're going to read a couple of verses here. Luke 8. You know, one of the greatest things we can do in our earth walk to influence others for Jesus, to be a help in these end times, to be a blessing to our family, one of the greatest things we can do is bear fruit for the Lord. Bear fruit. Uh, believe God for good things to show up in our lives so that people can realize, wow, only God could do that. One of the greatest things we can do is, is bear fruit for the Lord. And this, this is what we're going to talk about again tonight. So Luke 8, in verse, let's look at verse 10. Luke 8, 10. And Jesus said unto his disciples, Unto you it's given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. And he's talking about people who did not come to him after the church meeting, like his disciples came to him after the church meeting, inquiring of what his preaching meant. Verse 11. Now the parable is the... Here's the parable. Now the parable is this, that he just got talking about got done talking about. He said, the seed is the word of God. So when we're hearing the word of God come forth into our lives, it's likened unto seeds that are supposed to get in our hearts and grow into wonderful things. This is why when you come to church, you want to make sure your, your heart is ready to receive. Your, the ground is chopped up and not a bunch of stuff in your life more important than God and not a bunch of cares of this life and deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things. We want, when, when it's time to hear the word, you want to make sure your heart is ready, just like what you want to make sure the dirt is ready before you plant seeds in the dirt. Okay, so he's saying the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside... Are they that hear the word of God, whether it's a church service or you're listening to something online or, okay, those by the wayside, are they that hear the word of God, then comes the devil and takes away the word that was sown, or it takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So the devil's after the word, so it doesn't get to the believing stage. What happens when you believe the word? You're going to see results. And the devil knows this. So what's he going to do after a good sermon? What's he going to do after a church service? He's going to do everything he can to undercoverly, <laughs> there is such a word, steal that word from your life so it never gets to the believing stage. I mean, you can hear the word of God and not believe it. Well, it doesn't do any good if we don't believe it. So... There is a responsibility in our court. You know, there's a lot of things the preacher can't do for the congregation. The congregation has to pick up where the preacher leaves off because it's not just about a good sermon. It's about what are you taking into your life and what are you holding on to after the sermon. So this scripture says the devil comes to take away the word of God out of the hearts of people. And he does it successfully in those who are likened unto wayside hearts. Then verse 13, Jesus said, They on the rock are they 
which when they hear the word of God, like we're hearing tonight, they receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. So these people heard the word, received it with joy, which is fine, but they never went any deeper than the joy part. They never got into the, the lifestyle or the character part of their life. Or this scripture's implying that there's other things in these people's lives that are messing with the soil so that word can't take root. A lot of times you have to get things out of your life in order for the word to bear fruit and to do better in your life. And it's likened unto seed falling up on the rock. And it said, these have no root, which for a while believe. And those, that's the phrase right there we've been focusing on. We don't want to believe for a while. We want to believe until things change, miracles occur, healings happen, right? And when it comes to our salvation, we believe till we see the Lord face to face. And then we keep believing forever because faith, hope, and love abide forever. And then it says in verse 14, well, notice in verse 13, it said they believed for a while, but when the temptation came because of the word, they fell away. And that which fell among thorns are they which when they hear, they go forth and they are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart Having heard the word, they keep it and they bring forth fruit with endurance. So there's that word endurance again, which we've been talking about. So we're talking about staying in faith once you get in faith. We don't want to believe for a while. Amen? We have to have stronger determination than that. And you realize when you hear the word, at times temptation is going to come to you and try you to see if you really believe what you heard. What do you do at a time like that? You stand strong and say, I got the word, I'm going to use the word, and it's going to work. And you didn't say, I believe God would not have allowed this if I didn't have the power to overcome it, because He won't. He's faithful. So, I wanted to say this. Um, having faith and using faith is two different things. Faith is likened unto a shield which soldiers used in war. They had to take it up. They had to use it. Sometimes they smashed the enemy with it. They blocked arrows with it. Faith is not just something you have. Well, I have faith. I have faith. I have faith. But are you using your faith like a shield? See, so having faith and using faith is two different things. Well, using your faith and continuing to use your faith is two different things. You know what I'm talking about? Let's say you start using your faith. You got a word from God in church. You believe God. You prayed a prayer. You said amen. You're saying, thank God it's working, even though I don't feel like it's working. That's one thing. But staying in faith until the angels are able to complete something or until uh, a miracle is able to manifest is a whole nother deal. So let's say this tonight. Say this. I, I am staying, am staying in, faith. in faith. Devil, Devil. 
I'm not loaning you my attitude. I'm not loaning you my tongue. I'm not loaning you my mind. I'm staying in faith. Many good prayers. Think about this. Now we're talking about staying in faith. Many good prayers are being nullified by unconscious confessions and attitudes that are not in line with prayer being answered. Everybody say unconscious attitudes and words. See, the enemy is so sly. He's getting away with a lot more than people think. Satan knows he has to come under the radar or we'll just kick him out. He's got to come disguised as something that feels right or seems bright or has a few scriptures out of context. Uh, One of the greatest things the devil's going to use on you is scriptures out of context. You have to understand he used scriptures on Jesus to get Jesus to do something he wasn't supposed to do. And Satan's going to try to get us to do and believe things out of context that we're not supposed to believe or do. Do you realize this? You don't want to just be on guard for an ugly monster who's drooling. You want to be on guard for subtle lies and deceptions that maybe even have scriptures attached to them. And you need to look at things in context. You follow me? Because the enemy knows we love the word. So of course he's going to try to use scriptures to deceive us. He told Jesus one time in a temptation when he took him on the pinnacle of the temple, he said, Jesus, why don't you just go ahead and jump? Is it not written? And then the devil starts quoting one of our favorite Psalms, Psalm 91, word for word. He says, is it not written that God will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways, bearing you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against the stone? That's the devil quoting scripture to Jesus. Well, Jesus knew he was trying to push him to do something unauthorized by God. You following me? So, let me say it again. Many good prayers are being nullified by unconscious confessions and attitudes that are not in line with prayer being answered. When we pray, let me put it this way. We shouldn't even pray unless it's an emergency. We shouldn't even pray until we have scriptures that back up our prayers being answered. We shouldn't even pray until we're ready to make a faith stand and not give up. Because another prayer failure will hurt your faith. I think it'd be better not to pray than to pray and fail. It takes time to get ready to pray at times. You need to have scripture to war against demons that will come against you when you after you say amen. Try to get you out of faith. Temptation will come. Well... You just don't want to, you don't want to just pray for things because you have a need or you want something. You want to pray when you're ready to believe you've received something. You want to pray when you're ready to latch onto it like a bulldog. You want to pray when you're ready with scriptures. And you're not, you're not going to budge. You don't want to just pray because you need something. Unless it's an emergency. Fine, but I think there's too much shotgun praying. Boom, 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 boom. Hope I got it. How about take your time, fine-tune the scope, and hit the target. So look at 2 Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. So watch out about unconscious confessions and attitudes coming out of you after you pray that are not in line with that prayer being answered. 
How many know it's very important to talk like your prayer is answered after you pray? Okay, so 2 Corinthians 12. This has to do with attitude here. I just thought I'd bring this one up. I believe it's something we could glean from here. 2 Corinthians 12. And let's look here at verse... Let's see, maybe we need to back up a little bit. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to read verse 9, but... I don't know if we can jump in on that. Yeah, let's read uh, verse 9. Paul is talking about something that Jesus is telling him here. And, and Jesus said unto me, Paul said, My grace is sufficient for you, Paul, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul said, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Say this, attitude? attitude. Makes the difference. He said, most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my weaknesses, because Jesus said, my power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul said, okay, I'm going to change my attitude. Instead of crying to God, Lord, save me, Lord, save me, Lord, save me, I think I'm going to change my attitude and go praise God. His power is going to be made perfect and strong in me, in my weaknesses. And Paul said, I better get my attitude right here. Just because these things happened, this pressure came against him, didn't mean his grace wasn't, God's grace wasn't sufficient for him. He had to adjust his attitude, and when he did, he saw results. So when you pray, and things don't seem to get any better, don't think that something's wrong. Maintain an attitude of, God heard me. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. By his stripes I was sealed. Whatever scriptures you're standing on, make sure your attitude's right. Because Paul said that if he wanted the power of Christ to rest on him, he had to act different in the trial. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, which means weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Anybody want the power of Christ resting upon you? has a lot to do with your attitude under pressure. And that's why we said you got to watch out about unconscious confessions and attitudes that are not in line with your prayer being answered after you prayed your prayer. What's more important, the prayer you pray or how you talk afterwards? I'd say they're equally important. You want to pray a scriptural prayer. You want to pray a good prayer. But you have to realize the power of life and death is in your tongue. And you can kill a good prayer or you can speak life over your good prayers. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21 that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Talking to the offspring of God here. God spoke and the universe was created. We can speak and things can change to good, to bad, or bad to good. Our words are more powerful than our school upbringing has told us. You and I are made in the image and likeness of God. And one of the God qualities of us from the animals is we can speak words that we choose to speak. And that's powerful. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I was thinking about this. Uh, just earlier before service tonight, I was thinking about death being in the power of the tongue. Death being in the power of the tongue. I thought, so I'm walking back there praying. I'm saying, 
I'm saying, cancer, you will not kill. We kill you. Death is in the power of the tongue. Right? Can we kill cancer? Yes, we can. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. See, there's some things that we're not going to get results in if we don't do what Jesus said and speak to those things. Some things we pray about, some things we say about. Right? Jesus didn't pray that Peter's mother-in-law would be healed. He spoke to a fever and she was healed. You following me? Jesus didn't pray that the fig tree would dry up. He spoke to it and it dried up. Right? Joshua didn't pray that the sun and the moon would stand still. He told the sun and the moon to stand still and it stood still. Hmm? And there's never been a day like that ever since then as it's written in the book of Jasher, right? It talks about in the book of Joshua. So there's some things we pray about. There's some things we speak to. I don't know why God's not answering my prayer. Maybe you're supposed to speak to the problem. Speaking to problems is one of the ways. This is not happening enough in church circles. If there's a problem in your body or in your life, you have a right and actually the teaching of the Lord to speak to it. Tell it. If it's bad, tell it to stop. If it's good, tell it to increase. This is important. You can speak to things in your body. I am. Um, we can kill COVID when it comes if it tries to come around us. Did you know that? You can stop it. You can you can rebuke it. You can say, "Not here." The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. There's some things that you need to just. I mean, let's say there's a tumor on somebody's body. How many think they would be nice if that tumor died? And withered and fell off. How's that going to happen? <laughs> One way it can happen is you can speak to a child of God and command it to die. And don't just do this because you heard me preach it. Don't just do this because, you know, uh, what, what I, somebody else did. Talk to the Lord about it and say, Lord, help me to get ready to do this. So when I release words, they're quality words. And they're powerful and they make a difference. Instead of just... How about you, you got the word, you're hearing what the scriptures say, now just commune with the Lord about it for a few and see how and when to do it. I was, um, I was upset a little bit, not upset, I was just, I wanted the smoke to clear out of our valley. It's just more beautiful when there's no smoke in the valley. <laughs> you know what I mean? And a few days went by and I, I, you know, the first thought was, oh, just speak to it, command a wind to come in and blow it all out of here. Well, I could have done that when I first thought about it, but it would have been unauthorized. I wouldn't have had the timing of God in it. <laughs> and so I just, just earlier today, I felt like I had a release to say something about the smoke in the valley. Just as I say, smoke in this valley, just, just clear out, man. Wind, rain, whatever, come in, clear this smoke out. It's time to see blue sky again. Why did I wait three or four days? Well, I wanted to make sure that the timing was right. Are you following me? See, one thing I'm sensing the Lord's telling me right now in my life, and whatever hits me, I try to overflow into the church, is that we need to watch out about just doing things 
that are scriptural and right unauthorized. You know, big, big things that, that would take some power. And Jesus, he, he even said, I don't do anything unless I hear my father say it or see him do it. He says, then I do it. Kind of like the pool of Bethesda. You know, he went there and there's five porches, porticos, with sick people everywhere. Jesus walks in there, heals one person, and walks out. And we think, well, why, why didn't the Lord heal all those people? And when you, when you give them this answer, they tilt. The reason he didn't heal all those people that day is because he couldn't. He said, I only do what I see my father do, and I only say what I hear him say. I know we think he was working as God in the earth realm, but he wasn't. Character-wise, he's totally God. But power-wise, he was anointed by the Holy Spirit just like us. And he did only what the Father... Did you ever think about it? Why didn't he just heal them all? He couldn't. It's kind of like the temptation in, in the wilderness. When the devil came to Jesus, 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, the devil came to Jesus and said, Hey, Jesus, if you're the Son of God, turn these rocks into bread. Because it said he had been there 40 days and 40 nights and afterward and hungered. And the devil came to him at his weak point, like he does to all of us. He said, Jesus, if you're the Son of God, now think about this. If you're the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. What's the temptation? Jesus has got scriptures. He's the Son of God. He's called to do miracles and healings. What's the temptation here? To do something the Father didn't tell him to do because if he tried it, it wouldn't work. Now, he got the food when the angels came and ministered to him. We know he did. But it might have been 30 minutes later or a day later. But can you see how the devil is going to try to get you to do things just out of excitement or just because somebody said out of desperation or, or whatever? What, what's it going to hurt to just say, Lord, how and when do you want me to do this? It's not an emergency. I can... How and when do you, and then when you speak, speak because you know you have the rhema of God. You know it's, it's something he's leading you to do at the time. You knew you could do it. You have the scriptures for it. See, see sometimes, sometimes, especially in these big areas, we need to just say, Lord, a perfect example. Peter is called by the church because Tabitha, a wonderful church member, had just died. She was a great servant in the church. She, she was a wonderful woman of God in the church. And she died. And so the, the church found Peter. And Peter, they said, Peter, come see Tabitha. She's dead. Oh, she was such a blessing. And Peter goes in the upper room where Tabitha is laying dead. And he raises her from the dead. But before he raised her from the dead, he knelt down and prayed. Why? He needed to see from the Father how this is going to work. What should I do here? How is this going to pan out? What should I do here? Why kneel down and pray? Why not just go in there and raise her from the dead? She's a good woman. She probably didn't live out her life. Why not just go raise her from the dead? Because we, we want to get in the habit where we don't do anything apart from the leading of the Holy Ghost. There's, there's victory. There, there's help. But sometimes we just... We're in this push every button and pull every lever mode. And maybe I just say, no, I'm not going to push every button and pull a lever. Lord, what, what is the way you want me to minister today in this situation? Do I spit? Do I, do I 
you know, lift up? Do I, you know, speak? Do I cast out? How many think it'd be wise to be a little more in tune with God in some of these faith adventures? You're going to get the victory. You're going to get the deliverance. But it's good to talk to the Lord about how. Because there's more than one way. Jesus healed a blind man one time by spitting in his eyes. Another time he healed him by speaking. Another time he healed him by casting out a devil. How do you know what to do in each, each situation? What I hear, that I speak. And what I do, I first see my father do it. That was quite a side journey. So, uh, if you would please turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 10. Um, I didn't lose you, did I? One of the things the Lord's been dealing with me about is about being closer to God in communion with Him so that I'm more in tune to what He's saying and I, I'm more clearly seeing what He's doing so that I'm not just stepping out there and doing stuff because I'm the Son of God or a child of God. Well, if you're a child of God, just command, wait a second, who's saying that? See, the devil would love us to obey him to get the food. You know, the bread, the rocks and the bread. He'd love us to obey him. But sometimes we just need to tell the devil, devil, I'm not taking no shortcuts. <laughs> I'll get these things the right way. Satan wants you and I commanding and rebuking and getting no results so it looks like this stuff doesn't work. Did the devil try to get Jesus to command something as a son of God? Did he try to get him to use his power at the wrong time, in a wrong way? Did he? See, Satan wants you and me obeying him, not God. And a lot of times, you know, we're waiting on God and the devil jumps in between God and says, I'm God, I'm here, do this, do that, rebuke this, rebuke that, because the devil would like nothing more than us to do something the Bible says do and it didn't work. It might just be wise to just pray a little bit, especially if it's something big and powerful and public, especially ministering to other people. I know there's been times I've ministered to other people who were dying. And I remember praying for more than one person, praying for them that they would be healed and that they would live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And a few days later, they died. And so I prayed that in front of loved ones. I prayed that in front of people. And now what do those people think? Well, they're kind, they're nice and sweet, but inside they're probably thinking, well, that prayer didn't work. And the Lord told me later, he said, when it comes to ministering to other people, you can't just do what you want according to the scriptures you know. Because they have a part to play in what happens in their life more than I do. I can't believe things for people. I can only believe things with people. And I remember the Lord says, son, they wanted to go. They didn't want to stay. You should have prayed that they have a peaceful, wonderful, quick home going. Not that they stay around. So I prayed the wrong prayer and it looked like prayer didn't. I should have been more sensitive to the leading of the Lord to pray that they would have a wonderful departure than that they would be healed and stay because the Spirit of God already knew they wanted to go. He already knew things were set in motion. They were going to go and here I'm praying that they stay. I went against the Spirit of God because I just thought I'd act on a scripture. I'm a child of God. I can rebuke. I can pray. I can. You might need a little bit more than that, especially in areas of praying for other people. 
Will the devil ever come to you and say, you're a child of God, command this, rebuke that. Well, he did it to Jesus. If you're the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. You have to watch out about these things because you can do stuff in the flesh. No prompting of the Spirit of God at all. And do it and fail. And then you and others that are looking on are going to think, hmm, maybe this is a 50-50 thing. Maybe we don't get 100% results. No, we're supposed to get 100% results. Well, what about Jesus? He's going to starve to death. No, he's not. A couple, of, a couple of verses later, it says the devil left him for a season and angels came and ministered to him. And you know they had some angel food. You know, we, we've got Old Testament scripture for it. They, they, he, they, Jesus was well taken care of. But the devil tried to get him to jump the gun, take a shortcut, and obey him rather than the Father. And he wouldn't do it. He said, no. No, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, Hebrews 10. And let's look here at verse... Now, I'm not saying don't act on scriptures. You act on scriptures. Just don't do it mechanically. Do it out of your relationship with the Lord. Let it be a quality thing instead of just a mechanical thing. Anybody can stand on the Word of God and believe God for a miracle. Just do it from a heart of faith, not just a mind of excitement or whatever. Y'all following me here? So Hebrews 10 and verse 32 this is written to all of us. It says, well, let's don't, let's don't go back that far. Why don't you go to verse 35, Hebrews 10, 35. We're told to cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So you have need of what? Patience. No, I need healing. Are you sure? Did you already pray? Because if you did, and you believed you received, you're not trying to get anymore. People think, well, I need healing. Well, I need, well, actually, you have healing. What you need is endurance to stay in faith long enough till what you have shows up. What do we really need? This scripture says we need endurance in believing that we have what God says we have. Hmm? Especially if you've prayed. If you've prayed for something, the Bible tells you that you already have. What you need now is just endurance to keep believing that God heard you, the answer's on the way, and it can't not show up because God didn't lie. Amen. So... Staying in faith has nothing to do with how you feel. Staying in faith has to do with your attitude, being in line with God heard my prayer and I have what I asked for. Your staying in faith has to do with maintaining a Bible confession that your prayer was heard and answered and it's on the way. And it has to do with your thoughts. I'm not saying this is everything, but... How many think it's a good idea after prayer 
to get your thoughts in line with prayer was answered. Because if, if we pray for something that God says belongs to us and we believe we, we receive it, we got to watch out about thinking we still need that thing. Turn to Mark 11. I have to wrap it up here. Turn to Mark 11. And let's look at verse 24 for time's sake. Please don't think you know this just because you've read it a hundred times. That's how you don't get any more out of it. Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus is teaching us here, and I can't think of anything in this life that this verse of Scripture cannot fix. Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, talking to all of us today, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. For instance, let's say you have migraine headaches and you want to be free from migraine headaches. All right. What things soever you desire, healing from migraine headaches, when you pray, I'm praying for relief and complete victory over these migraine headaches. All right. When you pray, believe you receive healing from migraine headaches. And Jesus said, you will have healing from migraine headaches. Do what? Believe what? Believe you receive healing and you shall have healing. If you really believe you receive healing, you're not trying to get it anymore. If you really believe you receive healing, you're not trying to get it anymore. This is why you need to take time Build a prayer. Get scriptures on the inside of you. Build your faith. Go over and over and over again. Then when you think you're ready to pray, wait another day or two. Go over the scriptures some more. Right? You following me? And then when you're ready to pray and you're overflowing with faith, believe you receive. Believe God heard you. You may not feel any different, but the transaction's complete. And why would I try to get it anymore if I believe I got it during that prayer? Hmm? Important stuff. Um, I was, uh, I'm going to close with this. I was, I recently, I don't know, what was it, three weeks ago maybe, Carla, the toothache thing? Um, this has happened before too, and I've seen wonderful results. Thank the Lord. It's, it's His mercy and grace. Um, but I had a tooth that really started acting up. You know, kind of where you bite on, you know, where you chew. And uh, pain, it was terrible, just excruciating pain. So I went to the dentist and he looked at it and said, well, I don't, I mean, you know, if it gets worse or whatever, you can pull it, I always pull it. And it's like, I don't want to lose any teeth. I don't want to lose my teeth. And so um, he prescribed some antibiotics. And so to make a long story short, I didn't really want to take the antibiotics because, you know, I'm a faith man and I just believe God. And the Lord said, take the antibiotics. Now, here's where being led by the Spirit comes in. He, a lot of times he knows where you're at in faith more than you know where you're at in faith. So he said, take the antibiotics, believe for no side effects, and that it will work perfect. So I took like 10 of them. I think it was one a day or was it two a day? Or, I don't know what, three a day. I'm not sure what it was. But anyway, uh, for seven days, I took the antibiotics. And every, every time I put that pill in my mouth, I spoke to it and said, Antibiotic, you are now blessed of the Lord. You will go into this body and you will do only what's right and you'll do better than what they 
created this to do, and there'll be no side effects. So plop, plop popped into my mouth. So I'm doing this for like two or three days, and it seems to be getting a little worse, the pain. I mean, I could tell something's trying to work, but see, and I just, this is where most, most, this is where your faith is really tested. What do you do? The devil's painting pictures of a pulled tooth. The devil's painting pictures of this isn't going to work. Oh, there might be some side effects. All the, it's like, what do you do? I know, Ron, your wife, Gail, was talking about the darkness that came into her room in Denver after that liver transplant. It's almost like the devil was just in charge of the entire atmosphere. She said it was dark. It was black. It was bleak. It felt demonic. It looked hopeless. She felt like the devil's telling her she's going to die. This isn't going to work. And at times like that, it's like, what do you do? Well, that's where you put into practice what you heard in church. You do your best to stumble toward doing what you know is right. And, and she believed God, and she, today she's doing well, and she's happy, and praise God, living life. And I know in my situation, it's like there's that dark time. Was, mine wasn't nearly as intense as Gail, but I mean... You know, you got pain in your mouth, you want to eat, you think you got another tooth pole and all this stuff. And I just decided, you know, I'm just going to keep popping these pills and praising God, listening to the the Word of God. And when I go to bed, listening to the Word of God, when I wake up, not to try to get something, but to keep myself in the realm of I believe I've received it. See, when, what, what, why are you reading the Bible so much? I thought you believed you received. Reading the Bible a lot, quoting scriptures a lot, is not trying to get something. It's keeping us in the realm of we believe we got it. Right. It's keeping us in the realm of I believe I got it. Don't look at it as a works thing trying to get something. You already got it if you prayed. Right. It just hasn't manifested. It just hasn't shown up yet. The price has been paid. It's It's yours. But you have to stay in the Word and keep confessing the Word at times more than normal to stay in the realm of, I believe I got it. Because yeah. the devil and demons are going to try to tell you, you don't got it. Pray another prayer and, you know, try to get it again. And when are you going to believe you receive it? Well, when I see it, you don't have to believe it then. You'll know it. Right. Believing is, it comes on the scene when you don't see. Right. And all you have is Scripture. Yeah which is the most powerful thing you could have. So anyway, the whole week went by. Things got better and better and better and better. And uh, the tooth had given me problems for months, but not like it did in the, up to the antibiotics. And I have no problem taking antibiotics, especially if the Holy Ghost tells me to, because antibiotics plus believing God will work through it is great victory. And a lot of people think, well, I'm either going to believe God or I'm going to take medicine. No, there's not a choice. You're going to believe God either way you go. Either you're going to believe God for an outright miracle or you're going to believe God to work through the medicine and produce a miracle maybe over time. And if you're really not at the outright miracle stage, don't kid yourself because you don't want to play with this stuff. Fred Price in California said, all kind, when he started teaching faith, he had to tell the people, listen, stop playing with this stuff. Ladies would die of breast cancer because I, don't believe, I just don't believe I need anything. I don't believe anything. And they would die. And if they would have gotten a little bit of medical help plus faith in God, they would have been fine. They would have lived out their life. Right. You don't want to be presumptuous and foolish. You want to be where, act in faith where you're really at. There are so many people who get victory in their life right now if they would just change their diet, take some medicine, go to the doctor and believe God to work through all of that, they would live and not die and live, and live the rest of their life out. How many of that beats dying? God doesn't meet pretend. He meets real. He, re, he, he meets truth, right? And the good news is you can get victory no matter what you're going through. Just make sure you're going the route that you're really at. 
Well, I'm really blessed because that's, it was like two, three weeks ago that I stopped taking the antibiotics and my tooth is so good today. I can chew on it. It's fine. It's better than it was even before the pain hit. And I'm really thankful for that. I'm just thankful. I, you know, that may sound like a really small thing. Oh, toothache. Wait, wait till you have one, right? <laughs> it's, not, it's not a small thing, man. It, but you just got to stand in faith. When it looks like it's not working, you just stay in the Word, stay in the realm of faith. You may not be perfect, but that's okay. His mercy and grace will make up for our imperfections. Just don't give up. Keep believing God. And don't, feel, don't have any pride about taking medicine or whatever. Take it in faith, believing God will touch it. I don't put anything in my body that I don't pray over. Now, once in a while, I'll, I'll be drinking a glass of water and I'll forget, but I even say, thank you, Lord, for blessing my water. It, it's, it's going in your body, especially in these days. How many think you want the blessing of the Lord on what goes in your body, especially in these days? Stand up, church. You do. You want, you want it blessed. Just, what's it take? Five seconds? Bless this banana. I believe it's blessed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 